Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork, and like I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode, we get to talk to none other than Latrice Sampson Richards, who is my producer for live events for the Stitch Please podcast. She is someone who I met through Afros and Audios. That's how we first met. Um, and that's an organization that for Black podcasters. And there are lots of other orgs that have grown in the last few years. Black Podcasters Association, Black Pod Collective, of so many, you know, Black um, BPA, Black Podcasters Association. There's so many wonderful things that are out there. And Latrice has been involved with all of them, <laughs> every single one. And she's such a generous spirit and such a wonderful person to be around. And so I'm so glad to welcome you to the to this side of the microphone on the Stitch Please podcast. Latrice, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. I, I really enjoy working with you and, you know, working on this podcast and just being exposed to this world has been amazing. So, um, and I actually, you know, love the Stitch Please podcast. I mean, you know, I produce it, uh, the live shows anyway, but um, so this is an honor for me. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad that you were available because so much of my time since QuiltCon, QuiltCon, was a month ago. Um, and for those of y'all who don't know, QuiltCon is the annual convention of the Modern Quilt Guild, which celebrated their 10th anniversary and their conference was in Atlanta, Georgia, the last weekend in February. The MQG QuiltCon is, I think, always the last weekend in February. I think that's how they choose the dates. So um, if you want to do another quilt con, they do have one coming in Raleigh, North Carolina in 2024. I'm pretty sure it's the last weekend of February. Um, mm. And so that would be another opportunity. And you're going to be there, right? We are definitely planning it. <laughs> we are definitely, we definitely have plans in the works. Definitely. Naomi, definitely. Naomi say, ain't no question about it. You're yes, going to be Naomi there. Naomi said yes. You know, so we got to see how the rest of it, how the rest of it goes. But if it was up to Naomi alone, we'd be there already with barbecue mm -hmm. sauce, as she likes yes, to say. Yes, yes. Um, but I did check and it's really only three and a half hours from here by car where mm -hmm. I live in Virginia. So that's much easier than Atlanta would be to drive. So there's lots of things to recommend it. So and I'm definitely planning to visit a wonderful exhibition there um, by um, a, a wonderful black woman artist, Precious D. Lovell, who has an exhibition at a gallery in Raleigh that's really about um this really powerful work of critiquing and examining the ways that black women's domesticity has been used. Um, and just, just, it's just about stitching and liberation and which is totally my jam. So I'm mm -hmm. really, really excited, but I'm also excited for this chat today because my whole life, I think in the last month has been all kind of trying to decompress from QuiltCon. It was such an intense weekend it started it on Wednesday when vendors got to come and we got to go and set up the so black space that we created at the quilt con for the first time 
And then Thursday was the first day, then Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday. And it sounds like I'm just rattling off four random days of the week, which I kind of <laughs> am. But when I tell you those days are so jam packed with all kinds of stuff. We did it's a lot. Yeah. It's not possible to, there was so much to see and so mm -hmm. many things to look at. And I did not buy anything from the convention floor until, until the, the vendor floor until the last day. I did not have a minute. So Me it too. was a, it was a wonderful, it was a, it was a great time. It was a great experience. It was so wonderful meeting so many people in real life, especially folks who listen to the podcast or who had been on the podcast, but I hadn't seen them in person. So it was super fun. But, you know, I'm a quilter. I'm a sewist. This is my podcast. This is what I love to do. You are a producer, a mm -hmm. podcast producer, and you do do some sewing. But, but for the most part, you're not like in the sewing world in the same way that I am and that a lot of folks at QuiltCon are. So what was it like for you being at QuiltCon for the first time? It was amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, that's I tell people all the time. I One of the things I enjoy the most about working with this podcast in particular is that is the the sewing community, you know, and um, it really is a community, especially the black sewing community. Um, it's a beautiful thing to see and just to be a part of. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a creative, you know, in, yes. in all ways. So I have multiple yeah. avenues of creative expression. And so um, sewing is one of those. Um, I'm, I do a lot of upholstery work, like upcycling and stuff like yes. that. And I enjoy using African fabrics and like, I'm really particular about my fabrics and stuff, but, um, and I prefer to hand. So I'm not, I don't really, I don't know. I just never really took to the machines, mm -hmm. but um, never at this level though. And, and QuiltCon is actually the largest event that we've done yes. in terms of live shows. Cause this is, this is our third uh, live show and uh, we got many, many more to go. Right. Yes. Um, but QuiltCon was the biggest one thus far. Um, and not only was it the biggest in terms of the number, just the sheer number of people Yes. that we engaged with. And, you know, it was the largest audience we've had thus far. Yes. Um, it, you know, like it was massive in that sense, but also logistically speaking, it was a, a major yes. undertaking. This is the biggest project I've worked on yes. um, thus far. You know, we did six episodes in two days. It's, it's really impressive. And I, I say that because you're right. This is our third live show. And for those of y'all who um, are really attentive listeners to the podcast um, and those of you who are not, you can still go back and look. Our first live show was, I think it was last year. Yeah, was last it, year. It was last at, year, um, 2020. At, at our stash. At, at our fabric stash in the Pike yeah. Place Market. Um, we partnered with Bernina and I took my little Burnett 33 all the way from Virginia to, mm -hmm. to Washington state. 
and saw the beautiful views and, you know, flying in. And that was amazing. And to be in the historic Pike Place Market, that was something that was really cool. Yeah, we had um, Chinese food. <laughs> and Chinese food and all kind of amazing dim sum. And they threw a fish over my head. Like they, they did. The fish market. That was really fun. And we um, caught it on tape. We recorded we got it. That. We sure did. We sure did record. So that was a really great time. It was wonderful to work with Deborah and her team. Yeah. Um, and she, and then and then Deborah was at QuiltCon. Yes, so, like, I was so excited her, to see Deborah, and and it made me feel like a part of the community because I was like, oh yes. my god, I know people now. Like I, yes. you know, like people that I've been emailing back and forth, you know, asking them to be guests on the show and like yes. working with these people and doing the research. You know, part of my job is to do guest research, so yes. and and also topic research. So you tell yes. me what you want to do. And then my job is to make that uh, come to life, right? Yes. And so um, in that research, I've, I'm like looking at the their work, you know, and like reading up about them and who they are as people and what their journey has been. And I'm on their Instagrams and I'm going way back, you know, on yes. the Instagram because I want to make sure that, you know, when I'm producing a show and I'm creating what the content of the show is going to be, Two things that I think about. The first thing is I want to make sure that I'm giving you what you've asked me for, you know, mm -hmm. so because at the end of the day, it's your show. And right. so I want to make sure that you are happy with mm -hmm. whatever it is that I bring forward. And so I'm always thinking about would Lisa like this or what angle would Lisa take? Like, you know, what's most comfortable for you? But right. then I'm also thinking about, you know, who is the person that you're going to be talking to? Like, yes. who are they? And and we want to make sure that whatever we do fits who they are as well, you know? Yes. Um, and so it's just when I feel like I know these people because I, you know, the lightweight stalked them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You've done due diligence and research in order to have a thorough yes. interview. Yes, so, yes. Yes. And, and, and it came together really nicely and it was so nice to just see everybody and, and for them, you know, to, to welcome me and everybody was just so welcoming and so warm. And they was like, girl, you're going to make a quilt, you know, you're going to make a quilt before <laughs> it's all over with, but I probably will make a quilt. I took some fabric home, um, Good. from the event and I have some ideas, you know, kind of roaming around I've been watching some YouTube videos and stuff like that um so I think I am gonna try my hand at making a quilt you know well I think that's amazing and I'm very glad that that is the case and I'm also excited to know that you know thank you for sharing that detail about the research that you do that what your job as a producer it sounds like there's lots of roles that are required to produce a show can you talk a bit about what the what some of the hats that you have to wear if you want to be a producer yeah. So, um, it is, it is a lot. Um, so first off, um, you know, we talk about concept ideation Did, just depending on who I'm working with, the client might come and say, I want to start a podcast and this is what I want my podcast to be about. Um, but then that's it. Like they just have the general topic, um, and they don't really have an idea of what else they want to do. So like the overall structure of the show, um, is, you know, 
something that typically a producer will help you with um, mm-hmm. and, and just coming up with ideas and different ways to be able to get the content out there and what that might look like. And then mm-hmm. uh, the second stage of that is really planning out the season. I like to plan out the season, if, you know, if yes. I'm doing a full season, just so that, you know, I'm telling a story. So each episode yes. serves a specific purpose. Um, and I need to know what the story is like the overall story is and then I break down into each individual episode and so you know there's a lot of like storyboarding and outlining and ideation and development that that is a huge part of producing and then once you get your game plan that you know now you have to implement and and you go into like really drilling down on the topics you want to make sure that whatever you're saying is factual uh (laughs) you know even if you're sharing opinions that opinion needs to be it needs to spring from some fact you know um and so because i just think it's important that we always do our due diligence and making sure that what we put out into the world is something that is actually helpful to the people that are on the receiving end of it. And unfortunately, not everybody thinks about it at that level, but podcasting as a medium is it's very personal. It's very intimate. You know, like I listen to a podcast while I'm taking a shower. I listen to podcasts while I'm on the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Like like these are moments that generally no one else in the world is talking to to you. (laughs) Yeah. Like nobody else gets to be in those, in that space with me. That's my me time, but I've chosen to invite you in via this podcast. And so I think we need to honor that by doing our due diligence you know and then you know researching our guests and that's out of respect for the guests as well because uh, I don't know about you but I have been on a podcast before and they didn't know nothing about me they didn't know who I was and none mm. of that and I was just like why did you ask me to be on your show again I'm confused because you don't you ain't do no research oh yeah it's like well tell me about what you are who you are what you do thanks for yeah. being here Yes. And it makes my job easier when I can, when I do that research, because now, like, as I'm learning things, I'm thinking about whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish in the episode. And I'm like, oh, well, this I can put here or this makes sense for this conversation. And that way I can really craft something that feels intentional, Um, even though I, I, I usually, and you know, I kind of just give you points. I don't tell, like, I don't write a script for you. Right. Um, right. But it's telling the story and you can follow that and, and kind of put your own thing into it, you know? So um, there's that component of it. And then afterwards, um, well, you have the actual recording um, and, you know, just kind of talking to the guests and making sure they understand what the goal is, making sure you have the information you need to conduct the interview, Mm -hmm. um, things of that nature. And, And like the guest onboarding, I always do a release form with every right. guest um, right. because we want to make sure that we have permission to use the content and all of That's that. Right. That's um, right. You know, and, and getting some background information from the guests and, you know, like headshots and stuff like that. Um, and then you have the actual recording. Um, and during that time, I'm making sure that the levels are right, which is probably something that a sound engineer would do. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a one 
one stop shop. You one know, stop, so exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> You're the one a one woman band. You can do it yes, all. Yes, for now. For now. Um, you know, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to expand my team. Um, yes. But I'm very particular about who I work with because I'm very particular about the content that I put out, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then afterwards is the editing and everything like that. Um, you know, taking, you know, an hour long conversation and condensing that down to your like your episodes are between 35 to 40 minutes. And I usually mm-hmm. try to keep it 35 to 38 minutes if right. I can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, um, you know, that's a lot of cutting. You know, you got to cut yeah. like 15, 20 minutes, 25 that's minutes. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, but it's just, I, that's my favorite part of the process um, because it's getting to the meat of it and you really get to be intentional about like what are, the most impactful pieces of this conversation and then how do I make it feel like it it just flows well you know like it still has to make sense um and so I really enjoy that dance you know um yeah and we got to do it for three consecutive days Black Women Stitch in the Stitch Please podcast is grateful for all the support that made So Black possible Special thanks to our underwriters, Spoonflower. Thanks also to Moda for generous sponsorship. Thank you, Ber- thank you, Bernina, for your wonderful support. Thank you also to Amtrak for partnering with us. Special thanks to those who shared resources to equip the space. This includes AccuQuilt, Aurafil, Crimson Tate, So Easy, Ruby Star Society, Free Spirit Fabrics, Kai Scissors. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Special thanks to Focusrite for making the live recording possible through the donation of an audio interface, the Focusrite 18i8. Thanks to the Bridge PAI for the initial funding, and thanks also to the Modern Quilt Guild for their generous support. Thank you all so much for making this possible. So Black is made possible by some amazing people on the Black Women's Stitch team. Christina Gifford, Janelle Velasco, Latrice Sampson Richards, Naomi P. Johnson, Shauna Jefferson, Jill Bates Moore, Nikki Griffin, Coco Springer, Alicia Turlington, and Adrian Dent. And in full Snoop Dogg style, I'd like to thank myself for pulling this together and believing in me. Let's give it up for Lisa Wolford. And if you want to find out what's happening next, follow Black Women Stitch on TikTok and Instagram and sign up for our email list. Check out the Stitch Please podcast with new episodes every Wednesday, including episodes from QuiltCon coming out soon. Yes, um, it seems like I mean I, I keep going back and I'm like that's right it was Friday Saturday yeah it, it was two days it was two days it felt longer but it was it just did. two days we um we were there from Wednesday to Sunday but we only did recordings on Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. um and so it still feels like a very very busy time all the way around and for me as as someone who was this is my first quilt con but I was also planning to do these interviews so there was some work required for that 
and also setting up the so black space and making sure that that came off okay. Um, and I'm happy to say that everything worked out beautifully. Um, lots of favorable reports from people who experienced the space. So that feels great. And it feels very affirming. Um, and so for me, I was, in, I was and remain really grateful to you, Latrice, because you are, as you said, the producer job is a very complicated one. You've got planning, research, writing and storyboard, logistics, and then the editing. And editing sounds like it's just one word, like another task, just like anything else. But the editing, like I think, isn't the formula something like for every 20 minutes of audio or every podcast that's an hour long podcast, it's a minimum of four hours of editing? Yeah. Something like, like that. For me, I think every editor kind of has their own flow. Um, but for me, I, I kind of base my number on how how much raw tape I have. Mm -hmm. So for every hour of raw tape, it can take me two and a half to three hours um, to edit that down. Um, and that's because, you know, you're not just listening through one time, like you're listening and you're pausing, you're removing this and then you're putting it back and then you, you know, moving it over there or moving this part over there. And I have to listen to the entire thing because um, I have to make sure that I know what's on the tape, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I want to get the best parts of, of, you know, whatever it is that we're talking about. I want to be able to, you know, identify the pieces that are going to have the most impact, the pieces that people, you know, who are listening, the audience is going to connect with, like we're telling a story with each one right. of these conversations, we're telling a story and, and we want to make sure that that story is entertaining first, you know, um, but also, yes that it's impactful and that it's meaningful and that it's intentional. Um, and I know that that's how you roll, you know, which yes. I think is why we have such a, a good synergy when we work together, because I agree, you know, I, I feel the same way and it, it's how I approach everything that I do. Um, and I think it's extremely important that we know that, that, you can and should do both. Like you should entertain and you should connect. You should do both of those things um, with your art. Yes, yes. And one of the things I, lo I love about the way that we are, we are working together and the way that you prioritize a, an artful vision. And, and, and by art, what I'm hearing, at least for me, is the, the, the power of good craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. And that you want to be able to create a story, you want to create a narrative arc, you want to um, be able to, you know, share information in the voice of a particular person that you're speaking with. And I keep thinking back to, you know, this, um, the QuiltCon experience being our third live show. And the first mm -hmm. one was in Seattle. And then the second one was in Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. And that was part of the Stitching Abolition Conference that mm -hmm. Charbriand Plummer and Rachel Wallace organized um, at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And it was fantastic. It, it was, was so great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that was really wonderful. Um, and we talked with um, Alexandra Eregbu, who is a professor there, um, and talking about her work and her teaching. And it's just such a, I, I'm just, I just never, I don't think I ever expected um, 
to do live shows. I don't know why I just didn't. I don't know why I just thought, why would I don't know. Why would I do that? You know? And I think you're natural. Like it, you are natural. (laughs) You're so freaking good at it, Lisa. Let me tell you to everybody that's listening. (laughs) Y'all, y'all gotta be my amen corner right now. I need y'all to make sure that y'all make sure Lisa know that (laughs) y'all amen this. Okay. This needs to be the clip Lisa for, for, for social media. Oh God. Every, the thing that I think I love the most about working with you and and working on this podcast is your relationship with your audience. They freaking love you. Like they freaking love you. <laughs> and you love them back. Like it's a the feeling is definitely mutual and I can tell all of y'all because you know sometimes you have people that have a following but they be fake and you know and they see their following as as you know money they only really see that they see Mm. their numbers and they just see that as money and and income and and you know I guess there's nothing wrong with that you know that's some if that's your business model that's your business model but you are so intentional about (laughs) making it clear that your audience is not for sale And they appreciate you for that. You know, they, they love you and they support you and they, they even get on your ass when, when they feel like (laughs) you need to be doing something that they want you to do and you worried about it. And they like, girl, let us know what you need. You know, that, that that, was a very, that was a, she's referring to this really heartwarming moment at the live show when they were like, Oh, Lisa, we want to do it again. Or you should do another live show or this would be fun or come to the next quilt con. And I was like, y'all, I just have so much to do. It's so hard. And they're like, it doesn't have to be hard. Let us help you. Tell us what mm-hmm. you need. Tell us what to do. So it was very moving. And I am very grateful moment. for it. And, and it was, I think it was just the perfect illustration of the relationship that you have with your community, you know, um, they love you and you love them back and they know it, you know, they mm. feel it and they reciprocate it. And that is my favorite thing. It, it makes me want to make sure that I'm always giving you my best. You know, it makes me want to show up for you because I feel like showing up for you is showing up for them as well, you know, and they showed me that love just, just by virtue of being connected to you. They were so excited to meet me and like, see me. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so (laughs) freaking cool. (laughs) You know? So yeah. It, it was, it was a, the whole weekend was really wonderful. And we have, we do have so many episodes coming your way um, that'll be released um, throughout the next few months. And I'm really excited to share those with y'all. Um, but I also wanted to make sure to give Latrice a super shout out and to just thank her for her work. Because y'all, when I tell you, this is not an easy thing to do. This is, I had no idea what I was getting into, what I was getting into. When I first met Latrice, um, I, we had been on this conference together and she was just so wonderful. She was a great organizer. She had her head on her shoulders and she could handle like a lot of complex, different things at one time. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get control of it. But she did, and it was great. And so I said, hey, I'm doing a live show, and I would really love your support. Now, I thought that that meant I was going to talk to Latrice on the phone. 
I thought that we would have some conversations and she would give me some tips and tricks about what I needed to do to do a live show. And she said, where's the show? And I was like, oh, it's going to be in Seattle. And she says, I am coming. And I was like, wait a minute, what? It's like, I'm kind of like, wait, but you live in Florida. What do you, what do you mean you're coming? I don't understand. I, it took me that long to realize that she was coming to help me physically. Like, and, and then when she came out, I was like, oh, thank God, because there is no way I can do this by myself. Like you can't really do a live show all alone because one person, you know, you, you can't, it's kind of like being asked to listen to the sound of your own voice to make sure that it sounds okay. Like you can't listen to it and hear it at the same time. You can't monitor your own levels. At least I, at least I don't have that skill. I don't have that skill to do that yet. Um, so it was incredibly generous that, that Latrice was willing to come out all the way across the entire country. You know, I mean, you can't get much further from Florida than Washington state. Um, and still be in America. Um, right. And yet she did. She absolutely did. Uh, and then we had another a chance to do an encore presentation where not the encore wasn't the same thing, but another opportunity. And she said, yes, I'll come to Chicago. And she came to Chicago and we had another really wonderful time. And then QuiltCon. Um, and that's the one that's just I think it's I just want to say thank you. Um, for your generosity, your generosity of spirit, your creativity, um, the way that you really do show up and the way that you help me, um, you help me to be better. I really appreciate you helping me to be able to be at my best. Um, and that there's things that I didn't have to think about or worry about or do anything because I knew that you were on it. And I think that sometimes for folks like me who are high capacity individuals who are used to doing a lot of things and a lot of things by ourselves or whatever, it can be hard to ask for help, you know? Um, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did because, you know, you, the help that you have provided and continue to provide really honors the project. It honors me. And I really am so grateful to you. I really truly am. Like it could not happen without you. And I'm so glad it doesn't have to. Well, the feeling is definitely mutual. You know, I love me some you. Okay. <laughs> I love me some you. And I'm equally grateful to be a part of this. You have opened up my my whole world. And not only that, but you have been a huge, huge help in in, in terms of building my confidence and, you know, in, in my ability to do this as a, like a, my main thing and like really build this business and build this career. You were the first person to invest in me as a producer. Um, and, and I appreciate that we are forever linked. Um, yes. and, and, you know, you, my homie, you the homie, Same for, real, homie. for real, for real. I love for me real. some Lisa. I love and, me some Latrice. Uh, you stuck with me, girl. You stuck with me. And you are the same. I say the same. Now, I'm going to ask you the question that we asked. Well, you know, we could ask. I could also ask you about, like, some of your favorite interviewees. Like, y'all, we interviewed. So we talked with so many amazing people. And I think it's going to be really difficult. I don't think I could answer this question. 
um, about who of all people we spoke to, like who was the favorite? Like there's absolutely I, I no- I do have an answer. I'm not gonna, so I don't have an answer. I'm just gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna list the people we spoke to, okay? We spoke to Uzoma Samuel, this amazing Nigerian quilter. Um, mm-hmm. He is fantastic. Sarah Trail, Bianca Springer, Nikki Griffin. Um, and that was the first morning panel on Friday. Um, and then in the afternoon, Sarah Bond and Ebon came through and they're cousins and they're both creatives and quilter. Ebon is a surface pattern designer. Sarah's a quilter. And they also bought their ancestral quilts, including mm-hmm. of their enslaved ancestor had made. And that was just stunning. It was it just brought the house down. I think it was so powerful. Um, was. And then so that was Friday. And then on Saturday, Saturday morning, we had Jenny. Janine LaCour. Janine LaCour, who is the spoon flower designer, and she designed, we had 110 yards of her fabric. Um, mm-hmm. And it was in the room draping the space and it was gorgeous. And she was wonderful to talk to um, a black woman pattern designer who lives in Atlanta. And so she could come and she's like, I'd never seen my work this way. And we had some great conversations about what we saw in the fabric that she didn't even see. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. And then um, on, on that Saturday, later on, later on that Saturday, we spoke with um, Sean Kimber. No, that was Friday. That was Friday. Um, it was everything. you and Naomi and uh, Rashida uh, Coleman Hale. Rashida, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, Rashida um, Coleman Hale. Conversation. That was great too. Naomi is fantastic. As is Rashida Coleman Hale. It was a really great time. I did forget on Friday afternoon. That's when we talked to Sean Kimber. Yeah, after Sarah and, and E. After Sarah mm-hmm. and E, we talked with Sean Kimber, which was fantastic because she was the keynote speaker for the mm-hmm. conference, giving the huge sold out keynote address on Saturday. So mm-hmm. folks in the space got a chance to talk with her, you know, like one to one, ask questions. And it was just so intimate and so wonderful. So I will not say who was the favorite <laughs> because I do not have well, a favorite. I love them all. Um, I love them all. I love them all. But Sean Kimber, I think, was the one that kind of I was the most excited about going into it. Um, because, again, in doing my research of her, I just fell in love with her work, you know, um, which I enjoyed all of the the. Yes you know, guests that we had on the show. And um, I enjoy all of the conversations, but I think I had the most anticipation about Sean Kimber. And then it went like above my expectations because I got to meet her and, and actually take a picture with her. Um, But then I also got to meet her aunt. Um, And so, and her aunt was just so, she reminded me of my mom and um, so it was a it was a really nice experience. And then that Saturday, I got to meet her cousin as well. Oh. And I got to hug her. And I was just like, oh, my God, girl, I'm in the family, you know. So yes. that was, I was like super excited about that. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed all of the, the conversations. But I think that one really like stuck with me the most because I had a complete and total fangirl moment. Yes. So. Yes. Same. I could. I as you know, I could hardly get myself together to ask the questions. Um, yeah. It took me a minute. I had to pull it together. I had to pull myself together like a professional. It was That's very all difficult. Right. You did all right, girl. You did all I right. I did it. I did it. I did okay. Well, I'm going to ask you the question we ask everybody when we close the Stitch Please podcast. The slogan of the Stitch 
Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. I'm going to ask you, Latrice Sampson Richards, my special events live show producer, how would you recommend that we get our stitch together? Um, I would honestly, I would say be a part of a community, like actually get engaged in a community and go to these different community events and things, especially because you have people like Lisa um, who are out there making sure that there is representation in those spaces where maybe there was not before, um, you know, but also to make sure that there is community within those communities um, and that there's an opportunity for you to feel like you're a part of something that is bigger than yourself or that speaks to a part of who you are that maybe you don't really get a chance to explore. That's what creativity is for me. Um, it, it's, it speaks to a piece of me that I don't get to share in other parts of my life as much as I would like to. And so I think being a part of a, and being an active part of this community and and supporting not only the work that Lisa does, but you know all of the different Black women sewists and quilters who are being very intentional about creating spaces such as the Sew Black Affinity You've been space listening to, um, to make Please, sure the official podcast that the community of Black knows the sewing group the community where Black Lives there, Matter. You know? We so, appreciate you um, joining that, that's us this my week and every week for stories that, that center wonderful. Black women, well, girls, and thank you so much, Latrice, for sewing. being with us we today. You this to was so nice. I'm Stitch so grateful to you as With always. giving levels beginning at $5 a month. I love you so much, Lisa. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, you know I got you. Help us bring Stitch Please podcast every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.